The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrook. Welcome to Storybrook Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, October 24th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts. First up, Brittany Garcia. Hi, everybody. I'm ready to talk about the magical journey that is Jasmine and Aladdin. I have a lot of good things to say. All right. Are you going to show us the world? Yes. All right. Next up, it's Katie. Hi, guys. I'm also really, really excited to talk about the episode with you, so I can't wait to get to it. All right. And Priscilla Rocha. Two Reginas and two Saviors. Too good. We have a lot to talk about. Hey, guys. Oh, I see what you did there with the two. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yes, I don't think Brittany did, but it's okay. We'll we'll t- we'll fill her in later. She's in a whole new world right now. It's fine. Aww. <laughs> oh, Katie. Very punny. I like it. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's jump into our recap of season six, episode five, which was titled "Street Rats" and aired October twenty third. 2016, here's the official synopsis of the episode. In a flashback to Agrabah, Princess Jasmine recruits Aladdin to help her recover a secret weapon capable of breaking Jafar's hold on the Sultan and saving the city from ruin. Their quest takes them to the Cave of Wonders, where Aladdin's fate is revealed. In Storybrooke, the evil queen tricks Hook and the Charmings and forces Emma to reveal her secret in an effort to divide the family. While the evil queen pampers Zelina elsewhere in town, Regina and our heroes scramble to learn what became of Aladdin. Burm, 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 burm. All right, everybody. Let's get into it. Let's get everyone's initial reaction to uh, this episode. And uh, we'll start off with Katie. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought that they had a good um, balance between the flashbacks and the present day. And the flashbacks really tied into the present day. It wasn't just there for pure flashback sake. It really tied in clearly, which was really neat. And I love Jasmine and Aladdin. They did 
such a good job picking these people out. And they do such a great job acting it and just making it believable. And I'm just very happy that they're on the show. And um, I'm excited that the secret's finally out. Um, And it didn't take, you know, 10 episodes to get there. So thankful for that. But I just, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought they did such a good job balancing everything out and giving us, you know, new characters and making them uh, enjoyable to watch. Oh, right now. But Katie loves a good secret, though. I'm just saying. Or maybe not. Brittany, what about you? What are your initial thoughts on the episode? Me gusta. I liked it. I really, really enjoyed this episode. I like, um, it could be because there's not, uh, there, there isn't many, um, different Aladdin, um, adaptions. If there is, I probably don't know any. Or, or adaptations. Like, yeah, they're adaptations. Thank you. Yes, you adaptions. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> um, and I was thinking in my head, too, I was like, wait, that's not right. But, um. If there is any, it's probably, like, those weird movies that you see at, like, the dollar store that's, like, wannabe Aladdin, but not oh, real. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, really bad animation, too. So, um, no, I really liked what Once did. I Aladdin mean, I, and the Cave of Rocks. Yeah, or, like, the, I don't know, like, ma- the Magic Carpet, you know, like, side story. I don't know. Yes. But, um, <laughs> I, I like it. I, I like what they gave us for this episode. I have a feeling, or I'm hoping, honestly, that we get a little bit more. Um, I didn't want, I really didn't want Aladdin and Jasmine's um, one little journey just to be it for them. I hope they have a little bit more, but it it seemed like they did, and I'm not sure, because she says that it's a complicated thing. I remember Jasmine saying that in the episode, but um, I hope there's more. If there's not, I'm excited to explore more with them here in Storybrooke and like we get to go with them on this journey I'm okay with that too I'm on board um I love the actress for Jasmine I love the actor for Aladdin everyone is sexy I'm like you know it's amazing um the guy that plays Jafar is like my favorite guy from the mummy movies I had no idea that was him I'm sad that I didn't know that but now I know um and like how Katie said that she uh, she liked the the fact that the secret's out. Me too. But I'm a little sad that it didn't come for Emma. But I am happy that yeah. the Evil Queen is one-upping everybody. Like, Regina, you need to step up your game, girl. You need to step it up. But I'm liking the Evil Queen. So, overall, good episode. Oh, and Zelina annoys me still, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Priscilla, what about you? What did you think of the episode? The evil queen and the wicked witch kind of annoy the shit out of me right now. They feel like those mustachioed villains in like the 1920s films that are like, <laughs> ha, I'm going to do this and nobody's going to stop me. Ha, like it's, oh, God, like. All they need to do is tie somebody like, to like the train tracks. I'm betting they're going to do that with Jiminy. But, like, <laughs> oh, it, it, it's frustrating to me because I've seen the, 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 the wicked witch pull off like real fucked up shit and the same thing with regina too season one and i'm expecting things like that and instead i get them hanging out at the three bears salon like what 
the okay, okay, and her evil deed, her plan, actually managed to put the heroes even closer together and bring out this, the the secondary savior. So, uh, all in all, like the villains need to step their game up because they're getting rolled. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I I loved loved though the flashbacks with. Jasmine and Aladdin. That was that was super. That was cute. That was cute. That was cool. That was a ton of other adjectives with C that are amazing. Like, <laughs> great. I loved it. Nice. I enjoyed the episode as well. The flashbacks were fantastic. Uh, they were beautiful. It was amazing. It was everything that I wanted an Aladdin and Jasmine flashback to be. It was similar, but yet there was the once twist that uh, usually is featured in flashbacks to popular characters that we know and love. I also like the storybook side of things. I echo what everyone is, has said about the secret finally being out. I, I like that they figured out, though, sort of like how the secret came out. I thought that was important because I feel like sometimes in the past they've dragged that stuff out and uh, I I kind of did like the evil queen and Zelina at the spa because those moments, like those teeny tiny sort of like human moments were kind of lost when they had, you know, the big bad for like 10 episodes and they were focused on the backstories of these new characters that were in town. So you didn't have like tender moments like that. Well, I wouldn't call that a tender moment, but that was like a it was like a, a nice little human moment between the sisters. And I also liked like the small moment between Emma and Snow, and then we saw Jasmine with Henry. Like there were nice little moments in the in the episode that I feel would not have been there or maybe would have been on the cutting room floor had this been another season where, you know, they stuck to the half season half you know um half a villain you know a villain in the first half a villain in the second half type of thing so i, I like that so overall i thought it was a fun episode but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of once upon a time here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us like us on facebook facebook.com slash mirror follow us on tumblr storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio programs by visiting poppy slash archives you can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through itunes just search for storybrook weekly mirror and subscribe 
Thanks, announcer. Alright, let's get into it. Quick shout out to the opening title card, which featured uh, the hourglass that we uh, saw later on in the flashback in the forest. So let's start off in the past, and many years, many, 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 many years ago, in the capital of Agrabah, we have uh, Jafar. And uh, he, he's basically, you know, he's got a couple of thieves there and he's berating the thieves and uh, basically is like, you know, we will not tolerate thieves in Agrabah. And uh, he turns the thieves into rats because he calls them street rats. And while all that's going on, Aladdin uh, uh, is... Uh, thieving basically stealing from those that are watching these thieves be turned into street rats and uh, while he's doing that he ends up getting caught by a woman in disguise and we find out that this woman is princess jasmine and she wants to recruit aladdin to help her steel, a powerful and magical weapon, it's one of the most powerful and most magical weapons of the world, called the Diamond in the Rough. And uh, he initially is hesitant, and uh, upon uh, sort of getting tricked by her with this um, scarab uh, pin, uh, he ends up agreeing to help her go to the Cave of Wonders to um, steal this diamond in the rough. So while they're on their way to the Cave of Wonders, they, they have a little chat, and it turns out that the reason she knows about this weapon is because she read about it in books. You know, she's like, being a princess, there isn't much to do, so I was reading all the books in the library, and I found out about this thing called the diamond in the rough and this is why we're going there so jasmine and aladdin start to bicker over the reasons why she all of a sudden wants to help out because he's like well all of a sudden things are going bad for you and your family and you want to find a solution to it but the kingdom has been in shambles for ages like it hasn't been you know, just because of Jafar in recent times, like, it's been going down the drain for a while now, but it wasn't until things started happening to you and your family that you're trying to do something. So he ends up calling her selfish, and she ends up calling him selfish because he doesn't want to help and all this kind of stuff. And uh, But they end up having a nice tender moment uh, over some apples that Aladdin uh, stole uh, while uh, he was, you know, in the market. So, upon their arrival, though, to the Cave of Wonders, you know, they don't know how to get in. So, Aladdin is like, well, uh, you know, speaking of stories, have you read, uh, what was it, Alibaba, right? Yeah. Alibaba, <laughs> and so he does the whole open sesame thing. It seems like it's not going to work, but then the cave ends up opening and the two enter. And uh, upon sort of like nosing around through the Cave of Wonders, they end up finding this diamond balancing on a sword. So Aladdin, initially Jasmine was going to like grab the diamond, but Aladdin's like, hold on, you know, it's, it's probably booby trapped. And so he inspects it, and this, that, the other, and he looks around at the other trinkets in the Cave of Wonders, and he ends up picking up this little golden monkey, Hey Abu, and uh, ends up placing it 
on uh, the uh, sword and balancing it out while he removes uh, the uh, diamond. And so when he grabs the diamond, uh, the diamond ends up crumbling and turning into dust. And then all of a sudden, the cave starts shaking, and the cave starts to crumble, and the, you know, and, and a column ends up falling, and then all of a sudden, Aladdin ends up conjuring magic to save them both. And Jasmine realizes that Aladdin was the diamond in the rough all along. So let's pause right here and let's digest what uh, we've gone through so far. What did we think of Aladdin and Jasmine's story up to this point? And as well as the little that we saw Jafar in the beginning, does that seem to match with the Jafar that we've seen in the spinoff to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? Yeah. Yeah. We all were on the spinoff, right? Yes. So we've all seen this at least twice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about y'all, but like Jafar didn't seem like the Jafar from the... Like, I obviously know that the actor has been replaced like that. You what? can tell right off. What? But like... Are you for real? The no. character himself, it feels, he feels different. Like, mm-hmm. it's as if we have two different characters named Jafar. Like, it's it's not even that, like, maybe one has different reasonings or maybe one has different goals. No, it's just everything about them seems different. And it, it, it kind of almost seems unfair to judge one on the other. Like, I, I liked mm-hmm. this one. I liked his, that his evil seemed more in tune with the type of evil that was in the cartoon movie like mm-hmm. yeah if, if that's if that's all to say this was know. definitely like, he, like he... early-ish Jafar because this takes place before a lot of the stuff that we saw in Wonderland but obviously not the stuff mm-hmm. that we saw as a child of Jafar so it's kind yeah. of like in between him being sort of like I, I guess it, it's obviously after he turns Amara into the staff for those that watched Wonderland, mm-hmm. but it's before he goes to, I'm assuming before he goes to where his father, the Sultan is to do all the stuff that he did there. Mm-hmm. Did they if that makes that any out? sense. Because all it said was, all it said was many years ago. Like, it did, and they called this the capital of Agrabah. So if we take Agrabah as being a realm, that means Agrabah is huge. So mm-hmm. where Jafar's father is might be a different city, I guess, or province in Agrabah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why there's a sultan there. There might be multiple sultans throughout all of Agrabah with maybe this one being the capital as maybe he's like the main sultan I don't know that could be this is very confusing and I really hope like usually Eddie like tweets out when when people ask him like can you please explain the timeline a bit because it's it's confusing like I want that to be clarified to know whether it's canon or not because I don't I don't know I, I don't like he did mention that it was canon because he had referenced something online about the sultan how it's not the same sultan so it is part of the canon we just don't know where it is Mm -hmm. it's somewhere in the canon where it is like someone needs to tell me the timeline someone needs to write down a time i know it's on there on on 
like on the internet somewhere and I'll probably look through the denizens of it like to try and find it. But yeah, I, I need to have this explained, especially when it like jumps around with Wonderland. And normally I'd be like, well, they wrote off Wonderland, but they keep bringing it back in little moments and little ways. So I, I need to know this shit. I'm mm-hmm. confused and I'm probably not the only one out there that's confused. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, were you confused? Yeah, I'm not really, I mean, you guys are explaining it here of, like, where we are, and this is, this is supposedly takes place before Before Wonderland. Jafar learned uh, the usage of wigs. Yeah, well, yeah, apparently, he after he gets some swag, he starts to get the wigs going on, but for right now, he yes. has no swag. So, um, you know, he's still sexy, I'll get it to him, you know, I'll take it, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy, I go with the flow. Um, I guess I'm just gonna have to, uh, if they don't give us any more, um, like, hints or, you know, inside info on what's going on as far as the timeline goes, I'm just gonna assume that Agrabah is, like, a different place than where Jafar's from, and that his father rules some other place. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know. Um, but I think in Wonderland, did they ever give us the place of where they were at when they would go in the flashbacks? For they just said in general, it was Agrabah. So if, let's take this, let, let's compare Agrabah to the Enchanted Forest. In the Enchanted Forest, there are many kingdoms. And there are different uh, rulers in each kingdom. There's a, ah. a king and queen here and a queen, king and queen there. So if we consider the, the sultan to be the king, which I believe that's what a sultan translates to, then sort of like I said before... In the capital, there was this sultan. In another section of Agrabah, there's another sultan. And in another section, there's another sultan. So there's this sultan in the capital, who's Jasmine's father. And then elsewhere, in another province of Agrabah, there's Jafar's father, the sultan, that ends up, you know, nearly killing him, and et cetera, et cetera, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can, I can live with sense. that. I can live with that, honestly, right. and that's not that's not too, like, over the top, or like, really, that's what it, nah, I can deal with that, that is totally fine with me, um, well, aside from all of that, I do agree with Priscilla that there is something different about this Jafar, so I, I'm gonna have to assume that something's gonna happen for him to, like, do something else, like, to, to change the way, you know, the weaves and everything, like, I wanna know what makes him you know uh, different in wonderland but that's okay we don't need the connection i think it's more of like closure than than it is like a necessity for me to live i just want to make sure that everything kind of ties in a little bit better than i'm assuming it will um but aside from that the jasmine and aladdin meeting real cute i like it um um what was the thing i was gonna say oh the I love how they're more open to uh, Jafar having powers because I know in the in the Disney one they didn't uh, they didn't show him to be like an evil sorceress at all. They just showed that he had a really weird staff and he was really really had a really really long neck. But um, <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I like here that they 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 keep with the tempo that you know magic is scary and it's dangerous and whoever has it. Um, if they're, like, you know, not a good person, then you you have a right to be scared. And I love that mm-hmm. Aladdin is there stealing from everybody <laughs> while they're doing the demonstration. Exactly. So, it's it like, so this Aladdin. could happen to you, dude. Yeah, I agree. I think that is so Aladdin. Um, 
I did kind of, I was kind of said there's no Abu in here, but I understand why. I don't even know how they would do that. And I'm pretty sure we would criticize the CGI. So I'm okay with him working solo and Jasmine seeking him out. And then, you know, we, we get that open sesame scene. I liked it all. I, I, I ate it up. I had no criticisms. Um, and I feel like everyone was in character, even with a different story. Mm-hmm. We have the same characters that made sense like jasmine being headstrong and wanting to do what's right but also bored at the capital but first and foremost she wants to um she wants to rule and i think that's also something in the disney movie too that it's not that she didn't want to rule she just hated being um associated with her title and that she had to get married and she has to do this it's not it it, she Mm -hmm. she didn't mind it she just didn't want to you know have to follow that rule that oh i have to marry a prince like really it's like why can't i it reminds me of the princess diaries kind of way you know like i can rule by myself i don't need that but um i like that she really wanted to save to save the agrabah and then aladdin's kind of like well it was already messed up before you decided to help so i like that i like that we get like the poor guy and the rich girl and mm-hmm. they're meshing, and then they didn't—they they bickered, but they understood each other. Like it just—it felt nice, and I really, really liked that. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the only way that we can sort of understand Jafar and what he was doing in this part of the kingdom uh, until they sort of explain it differently. If they end up doing that, if not, it's probably just going to be headcanon. But it, maybe he was practicing what he was going to do to his father the sultan like maybe he was testing out his powers i don't know like maybe uh, that's the only thing that i can think of like how we can Mm -hmm. place him there at this moment because obviously it seems as if he didn't go straight forward and um you know try to take down his father that wasn't like the first thing he did like he went to this side of the kingdom and maybe he was testing out his power maybe he was trying to get power so that he also not only did he have magic but maybe he was trying to be the sultan so that it would be sultan versus sultan like i don't know that's the only thing that i can try to explain away as to why jafar was doing this before Mm -hmm. instead of like going headstrong head first and uh try to take down his father we have more episodes to go, and we have that fucking red bird that proves <laughs> he's coming out at some point. So we're gonna we we'll get these answers. Like I, yes, hopefully I he has a little bit worried. of exposition, even if it's just a line that maybe no one else understands, but we understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be nice. Katie, what about you? You haven't had the chance to chat. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I would like. I'm hoping that in the future episodes we'll get a little bit more answers and that'll explain a little bit of where this falls and everything that's going on with Jafar. Um, but yeah, if not, Katie will just call Adam and Eddie because she has their private number. Yeah. I have them on speed dial. I'll just do that super quick. (laughs) Um, yeah, but besides that, I really do like this Jafar. He is very different from the one in Wonderland, and I can't totally put my finger on why that is. I don't know if he seems more cunning, maybe, if he seems more evil. Um, he definitely falls more in line with the movie version, which I like. I I like them both, and I can't remember which one of you said it, but you really can't compare the two of them because they're kind of two vastly different sides of Jafar. 
Um, but I like them both a lot, and I think that both of the characters have played them, or both of the actors have played the character so well. Um, it just makes me really intrigued to see more of him. Um, but besides for Jafar, I really liked this section with Jasmine and Aladdin. I liked how at the beginning we got to see, um, you know, Jafar was going on about thieves and Aladdin's like right in the background stealing from people while Jafar's, you know, turning people into rats for being thieves and everything. So it kind of gives you a look into Aladdin's character and how bold he is. Um, I love, I love him so much. He plays... He does his character so well, and um, I just love the way from the moment Jasmine introduced herself to Aladdin, I love the way that they play off of each other, mm-hmm. and just seeing them on the journey, and um, seeing, you know, how they how far they come and everything, and I thought it was very interesting that um, Aladdin did not know about his powers until that moment when he saved Jasmine. Um, or, you know, that that's when his powers came to be, I guess you could say. Um, it was really interesting, and I do like that he's a savior as well, and that we're going to kind of get a look into that um, through flashbacks. Um, so that's going to be fun. I'm excited to explore that a lot. Uh, I'm so glad Karen David was cast as Princess Jasmine. And <laughs> yeah. again, she's tricking the, the main character into helping a princess out. People, please watch Gallivant. Her, it's, her as Princess Isabella is awesome, and seeing her as Princess Jasmine is a treat. It's very true. Alright, so let's continue on with the flashback. After Jasmine gives Aladdin a gift, the, the scarab pin uh, that she says represents heroism, we see uh, uh, Jafar appear after Aladdin, after, sorry, after Jasmine leaves. And basically, he uses a red bird, which he calls an oracle, to reveal Aladdin's future. If he keeps on being a savior, and uh, basically he ends up showing Aladdin that uh, he will face an untimely death. But there is a way to alter his destiny with a pair of golden shears that once belonged to the fates. With the golden shears, he'll be able to cut his tie to his current fate, and he'll be able to live a normal life, and uh, Jafar will even throw in all the riches of the Cave of Wonders so that he can, you know, transform his life, he can be a rich man, he can be Prince Aladdin. However... Uh, it, it seems as if Aladdin was going to take this, uh, this way out. But, uh, later on, Jasmine returns to the palace to seek help from her father. We see that, uh, her father, the Sultan, is under Jafar's command. Uh, he, he's very childlike. He's playing with toys and, and all this kind of stuff. And Jafar arrives and basically tells, uh, Jasmine that he is taking control of the palace and basically that she is the only person that's in his way now so she ends up placing Jasmine into an hourglass prison 
and uh, the sands of the hourglass are going to end up uh, killing Jasmine when out of nowhere Aladdin arrives via magic carpet to save the day he ends up using his savior powers to make the hourglass disappear breaking Jasmine free he ends up using his power to break Jafar's uh, serpent staff which breaks the hold that uh, Jafar had on to on the sultan and uh, Jafar ends up poofing away now that he has been defeated and so uh, Aladdin and Jasmine have a chat they nearly kiss yet again and uh, the sultan interrupts though and uh, he introduces himself as a friend of jasmine and he also confesses that at one point he was not going to return to save uh, the the capital but uh, what jasmine said touched him and so he had to return it was her it was all because of her later on aladdin it learns from Jasmine that uh, Jafar is in another section of the kingdom, so he knows that he has to head there to save the day, and he invites Jasmine to run away with him because they made such a great team fighting Jafar together, but she turns him down saying that she wants to stay around and defend her kingdom and to turn her kingdom into a prosperous kingdom. So as they part ways, and they were about to kiss again, but it didn't happen uh, out of uh, through Jafar's magic the uh, golden shears appear in Aladdin's satchel with a note from Jafar basically saying you know one day at some point you're gonna need these you're gonna want to break free from your fate as a savior that was very good thank you so, Katie, since you're talking, what did you think of the end of the flashback? It was very interesting. It was kind of a plot twist there that Jafar is, you know, gives him the shears and is like, do this, come on, you know, you want to. Um, obviously, he's got this motive for him wanting to do it, and um, it'll be it'll be intriguing, but um, I thought it was interesting, and I really like that they mixed mythology you know they mixed in some more greek mythology with aladdin like they brought they've been bringing in greek mythology the whole series but even more so since um the underworld arc so i like that they're continuing to do that and just kind of mixing them in with different tales like i mean who would have thought i mean you only get this on once upon a time you only get greek mythology mixed with like aladdin for example that's what's so cool about the show and i enjoy that they continue to do that Brittany, what about you i agree with uh with katie i think um i do think he was a little bit too hasty in embracing his uh, his destiny but i think that's an aladdin thing right i think aladdin doesn't really he's clever and witty on the spot but i don't know if he really thinks about the consequences that follow which we see in the Disney movie as well so I hope they add some of that into into the flashbacks in their story and we are saying that Jafar's a little different we feel like he is right now 
Uh, this is the beginnings of Jafar, but I, I'm interested to explore that. I want to know if this guy's like intuitive or he just knows what's going to happen because he's dealt with this or he's read about it. I mean, I'm the the savior um, stuff that's going on. I'm really intrigued. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I I'm, I really like this. It's like we're inventing our own story. And that's why we can't go and research it like, oh, well, this was in a Disney movie. It wasn't. There, this is original for Once Upon a Time, and I really, I'm really, I'm really digging that. And um, I do like the callback to the movie, Jasmine in the in the hourglass, and Aladdin comes to save her. And I, I do want to add though that I like that they didn't have Jafar like wanting Jasmine too. That he was like, I need to get rid of you. <laughs> I just love that he wanted to kill her, and he didn't want her for her beauty or anything. You know, like arm candy. I was like, oh, that's a that's a nice development. He just actually wants power. He doesn't care. I'm like, you you do you, Jafar. You're independent. You don't need no woman. You know, you do you. Um, and I found the Sultan being really funny. You know, I, I remember that from the movie when he's with his little toys. And he's just, everything is happening in front of him. And he's just like high <laughs> in the background. Like, ooh, this is pretty. Um, I just I just love that entire sequence. And then the magic carpet. Like, it, it, this was a lot of fun. This was absolutely a lot of fun. A little cheesy with the, you know, I thought of you, so I came for you. And I was just like, all right, all right, Aladdin, you got some swag. You got some swag, and Jafar's jealous. But um, I just, I, I, I loved it. I liked all of this. And I know I was all down about the Cinderella one, but this one really lifted my spirits. I'm very, very pleased with what we got here in the flashback. I love, I love that you mentioned that there wasn't, like, any, like, chemistry or like love between like uh, between Jafar and, and Jasmine which had me like yay and nay cause yay cause I don't know I remember him having like that, that chemistry with the Red Queen and with Amara and, and like it sizzles so I was just kind of like is he gonna have that with every girl like that I guess so, so it was good that it didn't happen but I'm sad because that means we don't get Jasmine in that, like, super sexy red costume that she got, like, in the movie. I was just kind of like, God damn it, I really wanted to see that. Fifty Shades of Jasmine. <laughs> also, damn, Priscilla. Damn. Also, like, yeah, I, I completely agree with both of you. I loved this scene. I, I loved the dynamic be like between, like, the Sultan and Jafar, how he kind of looks like a little kid all high and not really paying attention to whatever the fuck is going on and Aladdin coming in out of nowhere and even him saying do you think me coming in with the carpet was too much maybe not enough like I loved it like they, they caught the roguishness that is Aladdin the fact that like it's really easy to fall in love with I don't know like a scrappy person with a heart of gold and maybe it's it's the accent or something but I totally got some like Will Scarlet vibes off of him, like it's yes, it's yep. awesome. Like it's I, I love it. No, it's both. You gotta have the accent and acting all like the Aladdinish and Willish. It, it, I agree. Although Aladdin I like, is Aussie. I love that he's not. Yes. He yeah. Is. I don't care. I'll mm -hmm. take anything. Wait a sec. He's Aussie, but it's that weird <laughs> thing, though. Where they get a Scottish actor to have 
an Irish accent, an Irish actor to have an English accent, and an Aussie actor to have an English accent. I like, think you could still hear the Aussie in him a little bit. I yeah. heard a little bit, yeah. Mm, but it didn't bother know. me. It didn't really bother me. I'm just like, yeah. you have a knife. Yeah, I feel like everybody in Agrabah has an accent. <laughs> I'm, I'm easy. I'm saying it now. <laughs> they, they know how to get me. They know it. Yeah, attractive man with a British accent yeah, or an Aussie Aladdin, accent. It's just Aladdin, in general. And Aladdin's clothes, like they covered him up more than like the cartoon did. But I'm kind of okay because he was just sweating sex appeal because he only had his shirt open a little bit. But that's all I was looking at every time we had it on um, <laughs> on Aladdin. I was like, I was like, I see you, Jasmine. I know what you're looking at because I'm looking too. And I'm like, man, you a hot street rat. <laughs> I think they did a great job with the costuming. Period. Like oh, Jasmine, Aladdin, Jafar, although we had seen Jafar's costume before. I feel like they did a fantastic job as a whole. And the casting, I know that it was already mentioned, but shout out to the Once Upon a Time casting department because uh, both of the actors that played Aladdin and Jasmine look like they like jumped out the movie screen. It was fantastic. I don't feel like I, I can add anything else to what everyone else has said. I'll say this, it kind of bothered me when I was watching it, but now after digesting the episode, I'm glad that they didn't kiss. I feel like we've seen a lot of love in a day type of scenarios on Once Upon a Time, and we sort of complain about it, and even though they had the chemistry and you could tell they both wanted it, it was nice that they didn't consummate it with the kiss their first time meeting. I thought that was an interesting twist that obviously affects things later on in the episode. So, uh, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's talk about present day Storybrooke. And uh, we see Emma and Archie, our favorite cricket, following the red bird that leads to the oracle. But, burm, 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 we were all wrong. And they were too late. They find her dead body. And they... Okay, I am still okay. suspicious of her. I'm just saying, she may be dead, but my suspicion... She's even more suspicious dead. <laughs> Because You know what? I gotta say, I gotta give Adam and Eddie props, because usually I feel like we have a really great track record on the show of predicting stuff and figuring stuff out, and I think all of us were like dead set on this girl being Jafar, and I'm kind of glad that that was a twist that she wasn't. She was really just, well, it appears, at least at this moment, that she really was the Oracle, and she end up, ended up dead. And so they see someone escaping from uh, the crime scene basically and they, and they end up catching her and it is Shireen and so she is taken to the sheriff's office and she's interrogated and um, Shireen is like you know I, I can't tell you who I am because of Hyde and Hyde would use it against me and all this kind of stuff and so once she's filled in that Hyde is dead she reveals herself to be Princess Jasmine which kind of takes um, Snow White you know, a back for a moment, which I which I liked, and Emma immediately believes her and, and her story. She's got a superpower that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't, but we'll get into that in another moment. And uh, so they believe that she is innocent, and um, 
she shocks everybody, and in particular Emma, when she refers to Aladdin, whom she's looking for, as the savior. And there was a neat little moment in bet- with Emma and Jasmine, because like Emma's like, you're looking for Aladdin, right? And she's like, how do you know? And she's like, well, I saw the, the movie, you know, the thing, the talkies, like that's what we call them here. So I, I thought that was a cute moment. And elsewhere in town, Archie goes back to his office, and there is the evil queen waiting for him ready to take advantage of the oracle's death to manipulate emma and she basically confesses to killing the oracle she's like i needed uh hyde was telling me about the oracle and telling something emma and i need to find out so i went and i went to the oracle she wasn't helpful so i killed her but i need to know and you're gonna tell me and uh you're gonna you know you're gonna tell me her secret and archie refuses to help and so she ends up uh Cora-ing, basically, transforming herself into Archie, and she ends up tying Archie up and sending him to Zelina's house. So, fake Archie, aka the Evil Queen in disguise, chats with Emma, who believes that there's hope for her, because if there's Aladdin out there, and he's a savior, and he if he's still alive, then that means I don't have to die, and my visions won't come true, and so who cares about the visions? I don't need to tell anybody about the visions. Visions is visions. It's all good. Bye, Archie. Wow. Thank great. you. So, mm-hmm. are we surprised that the evil queen is transforming herself into people? No. 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 <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was good. And uh, were we surprised that it was the evil queen that killed the oracle? Allegedly? No. No. Well, not me anyway. Uh, do you think she killed mm-hmm. the oracle? though? No, because she, she died with the same, like, poison mouth thing. That, I thought like, you call it the poison the mouth. did. I, I don't know what the fuck else to call it. It's the Agrabon <laughs> Venom, right? Okay. Some kind of venom, yeah. Yeah. All right, then it could be her. It probably is. Like, I, I, if anything bad happens, just blame it on her. Yeah. If you see any blue vein stuff, <laughs> just know it's the evil queen <laughs> giving people a special cocktail. Ugh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just so. Oh, again, I, I already mentioned this at the beginning. It feels very infantile like what she's doing like come on the evil queen is so evil she took an eight-year-old and made him think he was crazy so he wouldn't tell her secret that she's the evil queen like she's the one that made people like pretend to be loser people for 20 years and what are you doing you're pretending to be jiminy cricket the most like vanilla and like white yogurt of people like uh why i don't know i I, I expect better yeah i i get what you're saying priscilla that we feel like we need more like evil queenish thing but i think uh what she's doing is kind of like what she said in like the first and the second episode that she wants to mess with them she doesn't really want to kill people like, the people that she's aiming for, she wants them to fuck up their own stuff. Like, she's not getting her hands necessarily dirty, and she just wants to have all the information so she can form a better plan. Like, right now, she's having fun. Like, she's getting her nails done with Zelina, you know, like, she's she's having fun and being the evil queen. 
but she's not there to make lives miserable because this is not the evil queen from season one where she's trying to keep order. Here, she's trying to create chaos. Mm. So, so I like what we're seeing with the evil queen. She's not really... I mean, look what she's done so far. She's one-upping everyone on all the plans. She's there before they are. She made Regina kill somebody. I mean, like, she's... she's I don't... Like, that's how I see that what she's doing is she's not trying to get her hands dirty. Not yet, anyway. I feel like we're leading up to something even bigger. But right now, all she wants is to just butt in and be annoying because Regina can't seem to one-up herself. And that's why the Evil Queen's winning right now. It's just, it's it's a pleasure to watch, as bad as it sounds, as bad as it sounds, but our heroes at a loss because they don't know how to... How to beat her. And now she's getting Zelina in here. Like, it's awesome. I mean, Emma was Wait, 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 wait. Did you just equate something being with Zelina as awesome? It's called progress. I know. She hates the Wicked Witch. This is Brittany character development. (laughs) I'm not saying that Zelina's awesome. I'm saying that... Regina and Zelina have such a broken relationship that... Well, she's awesome by association, then. Like, she's able... Mm, Awesome in getting somebody to get on her side, yeah? Like, Hyde's dead, so she's like, well, I need to recruit someone else, so... But also, I think it it partly shows that Evil Queen is not just all evil, that she has that need also to be closer to Zelina. Just, I mean, yeah, to use her, obviously, but also because... The only person she's actually not hurting is Henry, but Henry's not going to join her. So yeah. it's like, I need, and then she needs to get as many allies as she can. And she has, she doesn't really have one with Rumpel, even though she wants to do him. And Zelina's like, I almost oh my did him. Gosh. And, yeah, that was a really weird, ugh. ugh. Anyway, yeah. But I uh, think, I think my theory from, I forget if it was last episode or the episode before, is going to be coming true. Where, obviously, there's still a little bit of darkness in Regina and in the Evil Queen, there's a bit, there's a bit of goodness, or a little bit of like the, the Regina side in the Evil Queen. There's there are pieces of each other in the other, and they're gonna have to figure out that they have to not live together, but they have to unite in order to be whole again. May you know what? Maybe. Evil Queen doesn't really want to destroy lives, but she wants Regina to accept her. They're going to have to accept each other, because I don't think... Oh, yeah, that's right. I think the Evil Queen wants Regina to accept her, but I don't think she's ready to accept Regina, if that makes any sense. Maybe. You you guys are totally ascribing, like, really nice things to the Evil Queen. I just kind of feel like she's she's Korra version 2.0, or 3.0, or whatever version we're at now. Since Cora's dead so many times, <laughs> but um, just she wants to have it all. She wants to have Henry love her. She wants to have the town fear her, and she wants to have Regina out of the goddamn way so she can be the evil queen and be the Regina that everybody w- expects her to be—to be the evil queen. Like I, I don't see her. I don't having I don't see- like a. I don't think we disagree with you. I think what we're talking about is more the bigger picture of yeah. of what needs what will happen at some point in the episode and obviously there are going to be bumps along the way and and the evil queen will probably still get even more evil but i think at the end of the day they're going to have to accept each other yeah because there there have been glimpses of 
I don't want to. I don't know what to call it besides just kindness in, in the Evil Queen. I mean, she's had tender moments with Henry. You know, while she's like all blustering and all this kind of stuff with the heroes, she's like, "Oh, Henry, you know, I'm still your mother." And like, you know, she has like little moments, and we haven't gotten into it yet, but we will in a moment. But that whole sisterly bonding moment was very tender as well. So there are elements of the Regina side in the Evil Queen, much like there are elements of the evil queen inside of Regina. You guys are going to have to refresh my memory because I don't, I think um, the evil queen has told us what her plan is. I don't think, I think she's like angry at Regina for trying to get rid of that side of her. So now she's firing back in that, well, you can't do anything without me. Like, I think she's trying to teach Regina a lesson, not so much. I don't know. This is how I'm saying. Not so much want to be her a separate entity right now. I don't know. That's, I see herself doing something else in that. If you guys understand what I'm saying, like, it's not about that she wants to be the only Regina, but she just wants Regina to understand, like, hey, you need me too. That's what I think it is. But it could be something different. I don't know. That's just how I see it because I don't. I see a different evil queen from season one to right now. She doesn't. She's not causing that much harm to anybody she's just messing with the core like eight and mostly regina that's it and i i don't feel i don't feel as threatened by her I she needs to start her. messing with granny yeah if she starts hurting innocent <laughs> people because she's just around the town doing like whatever the hell she wants but she's not really doing anything she's not trying to control everybody she's just messing with the core eight so i just I don't know. I, but we'll have to see more, but that's just like what I think right now. I don't know. Maybe she wants something different, but I don't remember her saying, like, she oh, sort of, I, I want to take over everything and I'm the only one and blah, blah. She, she sort of explained said, the master plan to Emma. Remember, she wants yeah. to get Emma out of the picture so that basically all the happy endings uh, start crumbling. Yeah, no, she wanted the, what was it, the untold stories to come out, and then she wants, um, she wants Emma to know what it's like to be useless without her powers, and how Regina's just gonna fuck everything up because she doesn't know how to be a hero, or something like that. That's what I think, like, her goals are, because she told us, so, I don't know. That's how I see it. So let's talk about fake Archie. So, <laughs> fake Archie ends up following Emma back to her house. And Emma's like, well, you followed me? And he's like, yes, you know, because you need to tell everybody your secret. And secret, 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 and secrets. And so, Emma confesses to her family, you know, everything. About the visions, and about the hooded person, and about her dying. And so, while basically shit hits the fan, and everyone's like, why didn't you tell us? You know, you should have... You should have trusted us. You should have told us everything. Fake Archie leaves, turns back into the Evil Queen, chuckles and cackles at uh, the drama that she has created as Fake Archie. And uh, then, uh, you know, after learning about the the vision, Regina's like, why wasn't I in the vision? And she's like, am I dead? Do you guys think I'm dead? And she's like, oh, y'all think I'm the hooded killer. Well, you know, after, like, trying to do a locator spell to find Aladdin, and obviously they can't because he steals everything, so nothing really belongs to him. Regina ends up leaving, and she says she's going to figure something out, like meet her at her uh, vault in an hour, and uh, she'll figure things out. So, 
as the as the family sort of like wonders where Archie went, they learn that he didn't make it to one of his therapy sessions, so they feel like he vanished, and then they put two and two together, and they're like, that wasn't Archie, that was the evil queen in disguise, she did this on purpose, and we see that Archie obviously has been kidnapped over at Zelina's place, and uh, Zelina has Archie taking care of the baby. So it's nice to use uh, the kidnapped mm-hmm. people as uh, babysitters. <laughs> and the evil... Exactly, it's free. Free service. And the evil queen arrives and whisks Zelina away to the Three Bears Spa, where everything is just right. And Goldilocks is uh, filing their nails and everything, and, and they sort of bond with the evil queen, convincing Zelina that she has to embrace her wickedness. You don't have to hide it. You know, you can be wicked, but Zelina's like, but what about my daughter? And, and, and uh, what if she doesn't accept me? And the evil queen sort of confesses one of something that she feels what she was at fault at and it was having lied to henry and uh, if she would have shown henry her true self that maybe henry would have uh, accepted her from out the gate and uh, when they return home zelina to uh, show her baby robin her wickedness ends up turning Archie into his cricket form, once again putting him into a cage that hangs above her baby's crib. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about Emma's secret finally being out there. I feel like all of us thought this would take a long-ass time to happen. So it's it's great that it happened only a couple episodes in. You guys are talking about, like, can can we say Emma coming out and telling her secret? It makes it sound like she's coming out. (laughs) Well, you know, that would make all the Swan Queen people happy, if you know what I'm saying. That makes me laugh. Yes, but she... I'd be down for it. She confesses her secret, and then let's also talk about the spa session as well. So, uh, we'll start off talking about Emma's secret. Katie, I know you're Emma's biggest fan. Were you glad that the Evil Queen put the secret out there? Are you annoyed? Do you wish that it would have been Emma who would have said it? What do you think? I mean, of course, I would much have rather it had been Emma who came to the decision on her own. Instead of the fake cricket? Trust people. What? Instead of the fake cricket? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, our characters can't be perfect all the time. Um, so, I think it's an interesting twist that the evil queen is the one who cored herself into Jiminy and made it come out that way, but... It's um, funny how that family always seems to mess with the cricket, because remember back in season two, everyone thought that the cricket was dead. Yeah, they they use him, he's like their pawn. (laughs) That poor poor cricket. (laughs) But I really did like the scene, I'm glad that it's out for sure, because I feel like it could have lasted much longer and it could have drug out forever and it would just get annoying. So I'm glad that it's out of the way and now they can deal with repercussions of that. Um, but I li- they did kind of deal with that in this episode a little bit and I like how it came about. And um, yeah, so I'm glad that it's out and that they've dealt with some of the consequences and that that secret is done at least. So I guess we'll see what happens from here. Okay. What about uh, you two, uh, Brittany and Priscilla? What do you think of the secret being unleashed? 
I'm just gonna say, like, I'm gonna give side eye to. Well, your father and I don't keep secrets from each other. <laughs> mm, girl, you need to talk to your husband. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, Katie, you were so right at the beginning of this episode when you were like, "At least the secret is coming out episode five, as opposed to like the end of the season." Like, <laughs> I'm just glad it's out there. Like, shit stirring evil queen. Like, did right, even though like. She she's meant to put strife between us. She she ended up pulling you guys closer together. Uh, also, I really appreciate Henry telling Jasmine, "Hey, you c- you can play my Xbox if you want to." <laughs> like little twists of like, yeah, fairy tales getting some real life shit. Like is nice. Like, uh, but all right, I'm I'll I'll get to to the spa thing later. But just I appreciate the secret being out. I also feel really bad for Regina. Because she's like, was I dead? No, you weren't dead. We think you might have killed me. Ah, fuck. Again? You guys are going against me again? (laughs) Fine. It could be Granny under the hood. I'm just saying. She wasn't there either. It could be Grumpy. It could be Jimmy who's tired of their shit and putting him inside like... (laughs) trapping him away like it's Jiminy who's finally had enough of this family (laughs) it's like you're all dying (laughs) yeah so let's talk about the spa okay I'll just say did you can I go did you have an appointment for the spa Katie I did not but it looked kind of relaxing (laughs) it did you got Goldilocks there at your service basically uh I just, I mean, as much as Selena and Regina, like, it overall annoys me. Their scenes, I love, I love their scenes just because they're, they're funny. I don't know why. Like, it's just, like, their robes and their hair towels and everything were, like, you know, these plush material with, and they're, like, bedazzled and they were sitting there talking about gold and gossiping and it was it was really i know did you bang him no but i almost did what about you okay like that's weird (laughs) i know right you could like you could tell the evil queen was like curious she's like sisters talk because i want to tap that yeah do they yes Brittany, do you talk about the people you bang with your sister uh no okay is that a weird like is that a with, Katie I, said I yes. Talk about, I talk about that with my friends more than like my sister. Oh. See, where I'm like a super. But, but isn't it super kind of weird family. though? Because so we talk about everything. But it, yeah. Isn't it kind of weird though that they both like want to this, bang him? Wanted to do the same person. Yeah, so they're like, oh, you almost banged him. Like, banged him. Like the mom banged him, and both the daughters like want to bang I him. I know that's weird. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, that's younger than well, wrestling. Right that's fucking weird. You need to stop. You listen, they they like him when he's what do you call him, Rini? When he's juicy. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Uh, I love it when Brittany does that. I need to make that my okay. ringtone whenever she does. She like yeah, juicy. It's Ooh. Spontaneous. I can't do it on the spot, but yeah. <laughs> it's oh fantastic gosh. though. Yeah, that's a little, um, 
it's girl talk, but I guess, I don't know, me and my sister have a different relationship. We talk about everything else but that, but I guess if it came up, whatever. But I know for sure, hell for sure, that we won't be doing the same guy, or wanted to do the same guy. No, that's, that's weird, man. <laughs> I don't have the same taste of men as my sister does, so that would never happen, and that's pretty gross. Woo! <laughs> yeah. And that just means if your if your siblings have the same taste that you do, that just means that is all like young and the restless shit right there, man. Like it's <laughs> it's gonna get ugly. I'm telling you right now, they're already fucked up. So well, um, like sands in the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. Wow. Oh my god, that was great. Yes. I, I, yeah, that was pretty good. Um. I, I, I do want to say, though, that the reason, as much as I am annoyed with Zelina, because she's so dumb, um, she the reason why she's like this is because she's an attention whore. She craves that, that intimacy that she's never gotten because she's never had a family. Even when she was young and she was, like, with that adoptive family, you know, or she believed that that was her family, they weren't good to her. I remember the flashbacks, surprisingly. Um... And she just wants somebody to love her, as bad as that sounds. Um, and Regina, or the Evil Queen, I'm sorry, is, is the only person giving it to her. Credit to Regina. I don't think Zelina deserves it if she keeps acting the way she is. And her tendencies to be wicked keep coming out. Um, but either way, Evil Queen's enjoying it. And she's taking advantage of the fact that Zelina wants attention and that, that, that bond. And Zelina's just falling right into her the palm of her hand. And all, all the more reason why she's not fit to be a mom, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I can, I, can, I can see why well, she's damn. drawn to... I can see why she's drawn to Evil Queen. And it's no surprise that they're forming this uh, this alliance, I guess, in a way. She's, she's baiting her with having a spa day. Giving Robin something, a moment... A, 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 a memento of um, their mom. Pet. And a cricket, you know, you, these little things are going to win Zelina over, and they are. We're seeing that. And it's it's frustrating, but it is what it is, right? I mean, Regina's busy doing other stuff, but this is the price you pay for being a hero in Storybrooke. And it's like Snow said like a couple episodes ago, I just want things to be normal. As long as this show's on the air, it's never going to be normal. So you got to find a balance of, you know, when you can spend time and fix the relationships that are a little messy. Um, but Zelina right now is definitely more than likely on Team Evil Queen for now. And it seemed like she kind of turned uh, to her side at the end of the episode, which we haven't gotten to yet, but yeah. Yeah. Still, still a cool scene. I liked it that they were in the spa. Like, it's such a girl thing to do. It mean, it, It's also like Evil Queen's always dressed up with the makeup and everything so you know she likes this she likes to be pampered so not out of character Dude, she looked like fucking joan crawford with that <laughs> giant rhinestone piece <laughs> in her like turban like oh God. like how do you look so fucking fancy getting like a pedicure and spot like for and by the way Goldilocks is giving you a goddamn pedicure and like one of the three bears is giving your sister another <laughs> pedicure. Only if freaking like once upon a time could that happen. Like uh, I I loved it for its like mercurialness of this like it just it was so quirky and funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
I, I was like kind of like horking in my mouth about have you ever I don't know maybe but like y'all y- y'all can stop talking about Mr. Gold that way mm, no but that's what the, but like, that's what it's weird for us but that's what she craves right so that's why they're doing it and Evil Queen doesn't give a fuck she's like yeah I want to like, I, I still want to tap it. him yeah I guess so yeah exactly like mm, girl he looks she was good. ready he for details yeah, it's like that gossip you get at like the stereotypical like hairdresser or hairdresser place, and everyone's just talking about everyone's gossip. Like, girl, Zelina wants that because she's never had it, so right now she's getting it, and she wants she's she's eating that up, and that's where I'm like, okay, I can see it, but I still don't like you. So yeah, I <laughs> I love Zelina, but like, God, she's so pathetic, and like in how much she wants love, that she'll take it however she can get it. Even if it's like, it's obvious that like, she's leading her down the wrong path. And I don't know, like, I feel that whole, Henry would have accepted me had I, had I shown myself as the evil queen in the first place. No, he wouldn't have. He realized you were the evil queen and he hated you from yeah, the get Yeah, you scared the like, shit out of him. He left you. <laughs> like, yeah. No, if you had turned out to be evil, like the way you're making Zelina do it, all she's going to do is remember, who is she named after? Robin. How, what would my father have said to this? Like, she, she does, she's not thinking of the fact that evil people don't get happy endings. It's not going to happen no matter what you do. And even then, like, what makes you think your kid isn't going to be something like the savior? Isn't going to want to do good? Like, it's it's ridiculous to me that she wants to be, like, wicked. But it's like, it's like, it feels like magic is one of those things where, like, it's a bad habit. It's a crutch you fall on. Like, if, if something is easier for you, if it feels good, why not do it? Like, God, wonderfully wicked i love i loved it when when evil queen said that because it's kind of like really it, being wicked is not wonderful that that oxymoron type of thing and i just i liked it and you see how selena just loves it she wants to be embraced for who she is but at the same time it's like are you really the wicked the the wicked witch right now like you have no reason <laughs> to be wicked anymore embrace me for who i am i'm a total asshole. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's like what happened to wanting to, to be, not change for your daughter, but be better for her. Like I've always said, you can have the little bit of wickedness in you because it's part of who you are. But just remember you're raising a child and you want to be the best mother for them. That doesn't mean being like all crazy. And she has, again, no reason to be wicked. Nobody's doing anything to her. Nobody's after her. Nobody, like, well, I mean, nobody hates her. They tolerate her, yes, but there's no reason for her to be the villain right now. And you're right, and that's why the evil queen is taking advantage of that. Because Mm -hmm. Regina and everyone else was like, you know, you need to be a good role model for your daughter. And then you have now the evil queen who, at least what she's saying right now is she's accepting her for her evilness her being Zelina, and so she's enabling her. She's basically like, oh, you know, you don't have to be good. You know, you can be evil. And I don't believe, much like what Priscilla said one bit, that Henry would have accepted her as the evil Uh queen, but that's what she feels. Like, she feels that Henry would have, and uh, she's using that to justify Zelina being wicked. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just it's all good. It's good. It's it's so good. I really yeah. I like it. it. I still feel like, and maybe I'm giving Zelina too much credit, but I feel like she will end up choosing the right sister at some point. Like. Yeah, the evil queen will do something and Zelina's conscience will be like, I-, I just can't get behind this. Like, you really are evil and, you know, I I, I feel like at some point, at this moment, she feels like she can relate more to the evil queen. I think with time and, and actually being in the presence of the evil queen, she's going to realize that the real sister that she uh, associates most with will be Regina, the Regina side of things. Mm-hmm. That's what I yeah. feel, and that's what yeah. I hope, because yeah, that'll exactly. be character growth for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. let's continue on with the story. So Regina ends up making a potion that uh, is a special kind of locator spell. It's a locator spell amongst saviors. So. Emma drinks the potion, and the potion will lead them to Aladdin. And so they follow the the, the potion, and, and the potion takes Emma to a lost crypt in the cemetery. And uh, Jasmine uses one of the torches, a.k.a. a flashlight, to find the scarab pin on like this uh, decomposing skeletal body and so jasmine is devastated she believes that aladdin has died and emma's now worried about her fate and so emma asks to be left alone and so uh you know while she's alone henry ends up um you know uh, talking to her and he basically is like you know this is my fault you know i brought you here and and, uh, basically it's like echoing the conversation that he had with jasmine earlier in his room about jasmine feeling at fault for aladdin's faith because she pushed him to be the savior and and so he's like well i pushed my mother to be the savior and this kind of thing but emma's like no you know i chose to go this route i chose to believe and if i hadn't believed you know no matter what no matter how long my time is on this earth you know i i found my family you know i have a family now i didn't have that before so you know i chose this and after hearing all of this aladdin appears out of hiding and he admits that he used the scarab to throw them off but he changed his mind after hearing them talk and aladdin says that uh, he ended up using the shears and that ultimately doomed agrabah so he escaped to the enchanted forest and he got swept up with the original dark curse and so he's been in storybrook all along He ends up giving the shears to Emma, letting her choose if she wants to use them someday. And Emma and Henry then convince Aladdin, who was hesitant, to uh, talk with Jasmine, in particular because he feels that he let her down. Uh, But uh, they convince him to uh, meet up with Jasmine, and the reunion is cut short for them when Jasmine explains that she needs his help to defend Agrabah again. Only for Aladdin to have to explain that uh, maybe he isn't as saviorific as uh, she uh, once remembered him to be. Now, as far as the shears, Emma gives them to Hook, 
and uh, she decides that uh, the shears should be hidden away, you know, because maybe someone out there, aka the Evil Queen, might use them to clip Emma of her savior powers, and so Hook ends up taking the shears out into the ocean and he tells emma that he buried them leagues under the sea so far deep that poseidon wouldn't able to, wouldn't wouldn't even be able to find them but uh after sort of like making an excuse to say that he needs to check on the ship we see that uh hook lied to emma and he kept the shears uh, inside his jacket. Boom, 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 boom. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about them finding Aladdin. The nice chat between Emma and Henry. The reunion between Aladdin and Jasmine. And then Hook and the Shears. Uh, Katie, take us away. Okay. Um. So... I'm trying to think how to organize my thoughts. First of all, I really liked the Emma and Henry scene a lot. Because, I mean, we see Emma and Henry in scenes, but we really haven't gotten, I don't think, you know, tender moments like this between them in a really long time. And it just, it kind of brings you back to season one when they were together all the time. And it, it shows a lot of development in their relationship. When she first came, she wasn't that excited to be there. She didn't want anything to do with being a mother. Um, and here we are where she's, you know, she's glad she wouldn't change anything, even being able to change, you know, this fate of hers that she's going to die. She wouldn't change that because if she would change that, she would not have Henry in her life anymore. She wouldn't have family. So... I really liked that scene a lot. It was really touching. I'm glad we got to see it. And like I said, we got to see a touching moment between Emma and Henry that we really haven't gotten to see in a really long time. So I was really happy for that. Um, I'm very curious about the whole Aladdin thing. Like, the the fact, first of all, that he decided to use the shears is really interesting to me. And like I said before, I'm really excited to find out what led him to do that and in the whole fact that he's not the way she remembers him his savior skills or whatever aren't the same or maybe he doesn't even have them anymore is super interesting like if emma were to use the shears is that going to happen to her too uh it's really intriguing and i'm really excited for next week when we hopefully get to find out more about that. And then ending with the whole hook lying thing. I mean, I understand completely why he took them and he did not actually dump them in the water. Like he finally found true love again and he cares about her. This is like when Emma made him the dark one against his wishes. Um, he doesn't want to see her die. If there's something out there that's going to save her potentially, he wants to keep that. And I totally understand that. Um, Emma should know. I mean, she should understand that as well, seeming as that's basically what she did with him when he became, when she made him the dark one. Um, he did look kind of pissy hand, throughout the entire episode, though. Yeah, 
he, which he did. I, I feel like they should have yeah, talked was, a bit more. They he should was have for sure. the I was entire kind of time. <laughs> he was, was doing sad cinnamon roll face. Like yeah, like somebody that. knocked his his uh, ice cream cone out his hand, and he's just like looking mm -hmm. at it melt in the sidewalk. Yeah, like I'm upset that he's lying. Like this, uh, this is the whole charming lying to snow thing. I know. Like stop yeah. lying to each other. Oh my gosh. I mean, half of me is happy that they're not. You know, I mean, that they are just because it makes them a little bit more human. It makes them realistic. But it's like, um, haven't you learned? It's frustrating. Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, it's like, this has never led to anything good in the past. And you should just tell each other the truth. She just got through a whole spiel about telling the truth. So, come on. But uh, I guess, I mean, I guess we'll see where we go from here. We've got a hook-centric next week. So, I'm sure we'll get some information more information on that next week yeah one would hope Brittany, what about you why you lying well, yeah exactly no i'm just kidding i don't lie okay <laughs> maybe maybe about the food in the fridge because i'll be like Brittany, did you eat this and i'll be like no but i actually did <gasps> you um, ate all the flan but i won't lie I do. And cheesecake. Don't put cheesecake or Reese's in the fridge because they will Who puts be gone. Reese's in the fridge? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will not lie to you about these episodes and how they make oh, me feel. Okay. I will go We appreciate all out. that. Um, <laughs> um, so, the whole... I love how, how Emma is... Um, She's trying desperately to find an answer, to find a way to make sure this vision doesn't, you know, doesn't come true. And I always understood why she didn't want to tell her family. Like, compared to all the other secrets I think she's had, this one is actually... I can understand why she didn't want to tell somebody as soon as it happened. It's kind of like, you need time to yourself to either figure out... Okay, no. Actually, not either or. It's first you need to figure out what the hell is going on, what it means, and do you think you can find a way to make it go away or whatever. And when those things don't work, then that's when you know you need to bring in some help. So, yeah, I was disappointed she didn't come out and say it, but whatever. Evil Queen did something weird. She did it to where she wanted to find out what was going on. So the only way to do it was to let it out in the open. So it, in, in turn, she helped herself. But also helped Emma in like telling everybody what's going on. So I kind of like that. That's a little weird like twist thing. Of it was a win-win for both. Um, but when they go and find a find Aladdin and all that stuff, uh, that speech with Henry was so good. Henry had a lot of good moments in this episode. First with Jasmine, and then with his mom. And I I will always appreciate when they. They have the moments with Henry and, and Emma and where they're like, where she's like, you know, you're my magic. You're you're the reason I'm here. It's I mean, yes, I love her in Hook, but that's like a romantic perspective here. It's like true unconditional love that she feels for her son and her son feels for her. I just I love it. I love those moments and I love those moments with Regina, too. But here for Emma, it's like not only is she fighting to stay with her family, but most most importantly, she's fighting for to be there for henry so that moment was really touching then aladdin comes um i want to know why the fuck he did that i want to know what was so bad that he had to take the shears like that he had to um 
sever the ties with being the savior. I'm gonna assume it has to, it has to be with Jafar. It has to be between choosing a life with Jasmine. You know, I mean, they, I think they gave us a hint with that in the flashbacks, but we'll see. Um, but I want to know: Is he gonna help Emma not take him? But now that we know that Hook kept them, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really mad at Hook right now. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with having a backup plan. But I think Emma should have been smart enough to be like, you know what? Maybe we should keep this in a box somewhere where no one can find it. But with the evil queen out there, she's going to find it. It doesn't matter. But they should have kept it. And I think Hook did make the right decision. Right decision, but bad in the context of it because there's going to be some fight. Mm-hmm. I d- so, but it was mm-hmm. still good. It was all necessary drama. If you guys yeah, I like that they had a conversation about Aladdin being a savior that decided to go at it alone and that maybe one of the reasons why he didn't succeed was because he didn't have the support system that someone like Emma does yeah. have. Like, if jasmine and aladdin had teamed up together would ha- would uh, aladdin have succeeded would uh he had be- been this like strong savior as opposed to someone that had to use the shears to clip himself from the savior status i guess we'll never know but that was interesting that uh, the writers decided to bring that up i agree I, I have yeah. honestly nothing else to say other than I, I love this angst between um, Hook and Emma. And it's not petty either. It's it's real. It's Emma. You know, I mean, for us, it's been like, what, six years of this show. We're like, oh, my God, Emma, get over your bad habits and tendencies. But it's kind of like they've had like maybe less than six years. I don't even know the timeline anymore. Um, everyone's still kind of growing into leaving their bad habits behind. And this even applies to Zelina, too. Zelina's been through some weird shit, but I- I'm just frustrated with her. You, you know, should take like her to the spa. Trying, but Hook and Emma... Yeah, but I feel like Hook and Emma, like, they're trying. You know, nobody wants to, to, to have these flaws. People want to change, but it takes some time. But I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be fine. But I love the, mm-hmm. the stairs Hook's giving her, like... Bitch, you better tell me, but man, bitch, I love you. You know, like it's like those stairs. I, it's <laughs> I, so great. I feel like they're kind of making a mirror to people with chronic diseases who know they're going to die. Cause she's like, it doesn't matter. Had like that that you didn't tell me, or or that you started like me on this adventure, Henry. Like, I wouldn't change a thing, and. Hook just kind of giving her those stares that I don't want my boo to die. Please don't die. Like, and keeping the shears, like, it bugs me in a little bit because, like, god damn it, like, we just went through you saying, I want to die, and her turning you into a dark one anyway, and we just got through you accepting that you have to die and move on, and her accepting from that. So I thought you both understood that I don't know, that lesson to respect each other's decisions in terms of, like, life or death here. And apparently he didn't learn the lesson yet. Like, it it hasn't come through on his side. So that's going to be interesting to find out. Although, I'm going to make my prediction that he's going to use it. Like, that he's going to use it, like, against her will. (laughs) 
like or, or without her knowing Ooh. and she's not gonna be the savior oh, when, it, when it comes time like i Ooh. i that's what i think is gonna happen no i can't see them doing that unless they want to break them up <laughs> like i just i can't see her forgiving him well for that they don't want to give us the sex. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If well, they there you go. Although I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because this is once upon a time that even if the shears are used, she'll still have her powers. Some kind of loophole mm, or, yeah. or to get them back. True love's kiss gets it back. I don't know. Touching your Ooh. face will give it back. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. There, there would be some loophole. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm also not surprised that they're trying to keep Emma and Hook kind of not together. They're milking it, guys. I think this is like a TV trope for any show. Um, but I hope if they're going to do it, they do it well and within reason. Like, I want to I feel angry with Emma or I want to feel betrayed like she would. You know, I want to understand that. So I hope they, they write that well if it comes to that. I'm just glad that they wrote that interaction with Henry and Emma. Mm -hmm. Well, like, my eyes were glued to the screen. During commercial break, I was like, did that just happen? Like, that was such a tender moment. God, like, if I was Aladdin and I was trying to stay away, like, I would be moved by that, by some random lady, some stranger talking to her son that way. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, like, we just kind of grazed past like Aladdin talking to Jasmine afterwards but like that was really like uh, everything about this 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 season is magical and I'm I'm hoping that like we get Aladdin's savior's power back like if if we can't get mm -hmm. like Emma's like I, I'm I'm interested in like them finally getting a chance and maybe like having a romantic interlude. Come on, Aladdin and Jasmine need to kiss too. They 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 need to have some mm -hmm. moment. Like yeah, because they didn't even get one. Like it it was always serious for them. So come on, show me yeah. the world. I'm curious to know what the hell's going on in Agrabah. Yeah. Nothing like it, it, it. It's the land of lost stories that everybody <laughs> went to. I'm thinking like Agrabah's no, something. Dead and gone. It, it's like, got to be like something's going on, like in Wonderland, where Wonderland was uh, in turmoil. So something's going on in Agrabah that uh, they need a savior. There's a party. Here. Well, maybe not a party, but no? a party for the villains. <laughs> oh maybe somebody rubbed the lamp and uh, Jafar is taken over as the genie Jafar. I, I could see that. I'm just... Uh, I, I, I'm just looking forward to things and kind of frustrated at Zelina for going back to old habits and Hook for going back to old habits, too. Like, you both <laughs> are smarter than this. Move on. Back to basics. We're, we're, we're doing a mirror of season one in a little yeah. bit of season two. All right, everybody. <laughs> it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why and uh we will start off with i'm feeling nice so katie yes okay my mvp is going to be aladdin because i'm very excited that he's finally on the show and he delivered the actor did such a great job playing the character um and i don't know like he just 
He was such a fun character. He was definitely very Will Scarlet-esque, which makes me really excited. If we can't have him back, Aladdin's a good replacement, I guess, or a good fill-in, I should say. And I'm very, like, he left me very curious about why he used the shears. Um, mm. Are his powers gone? Will he get them back? Um, I'm just, I was very impressed by him. So definitely Aladdin is my MVP. All right for now, Priscilla, your MVP and why? I think my MVP has mm. to be Emma. Besides the fact that, like, her scene with Henry, like, touched me so much. Like, I loved, we got that that weird thing where Emma's like, seriously, Snow White? Seriously, the Wicked Witch? And now she's just kind of like, yeah, Aladdin, really, you know him? Uh, no, but I did see the movie, <laughs> like... Yay! And, and we got weird, like, klutzy Emma, too, when she's talking to Archie. We got the yellow beetle back when, she, like, her just driving away. And, it, like, this really is going back to basics in season one. But, like, it's going back with a stronger Emma. Like, she's understood what her flaws are. But she understands now that she has family and she can possibly get past it. And even if she couldn't get past it, even if she does die as the savior, she still enjoyed the ride. She's still there for the journey. And she doesn't regret any of that. And I'm just like, that's so mature and beautiful. And Emma, you princess, I love you. I like it. All right. My MVP is the evil queen. Burm, 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 burm. Yes, what? it's not like you could pick her, Katie. <laughs> Katie's mad. She's like, I should have gone back and picked it's her. It's true. But I, I thought Dang Lana it. did a really great job with the Evil Queen this episode. Shout out, just as a side note, to the actor that plays Archie. Because he did a really good job at pretending to be the Evil Queen as Archie. Like, that scene when um, the Evil Queen transformed into him and, like, he had that, like, demonic grin. I was like, I I'm here for it. Yes. He's all sassy. It was good. He did yeah. a great job. But going back <laughs> okay. to the Evil Queen, I, I liked everything that she did this episode. Like, all like that cutesy moment in the spa where, you know, it, it was just like a, a little side scene with her and Zelina. And, and it was just them being two women at the spa and like obviously chatting about these magical and fantastical things it, but you know it was just these two sisters bonding and even though i don't agree with her um what, what she's trying to validate as the reasons why her relationship with henry didn't work back during the curse era uh i, I could see why she believes that and uh, even though I don't like what she's doing with Zelina, I, I mean, her motivation is interesting. So I, I like that Lana is getting the chance to sort of shine as like the torn, twisted, uh, you know, confused as to what to do next Regina and like the cold, calculating, um, relishing in all the chaos Evil Queen. So shout out to the Evil Queen. You are my MVP. So Brittany, go ahead. Who's your MVP? I'm surprised nobody chose her, but I'm definitely, um, uh, my MVP is Jasmine. 
She was my second choice, for sure. Oh, oh, my. In an hourglass! Yeah. <laughs> Get on that. <laughs> exactly, I think, um... I think Jasmine deserves some, some recognition here. I mean, we've had her, we had her all, um... Last week's episode, and then this coming week, where, where she was, you know, the star. Um... I liked, uh, what they did with her character. They kept all the roots of what Jasmine was in the Disney film, and then they put that in here... And gave her, like, another kind of, like, spice. Like, where instead of sitting at the, you know, at the palace helpless and, you know, oh my god, somebody save me. She went out there and she went to look for Aladdin. She she believed in the story she read. Which is, I think, like a, it's like a, um, wow, I can't think of the word. But it's kind of like a, 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 a once upon a time thing where um, they, the magic, you believe in it. You know, and you, you're gonna go and find it. Oh, I heard this legend, I'm gonna go look for it. And it works in this show. So, Jasmine's like, I need I need help. I need to go find the savior. And she does that. And she keeps hope alive as long as she can. And she really, you, you can see that even with them, Aladdin and Jasmine not being romantically involved right now, you see the signs of where it's going to go and how much she cares about Aladdin when she cries over him, when she thinks he's dead. And I, I feel like we haven't spent this much time with a princess in a long time that isn't snow. And I'm really coming, I'm really coming, um, it, well, I can't, oh I'm really, coming, my I'm really gosh. getting into, <laughs> I'm really getting used to this, this Jasmine that we have. We've only had her for an episode, like in a half, I guess. And I, I hope she stays with us more. I know we had, um, Elsa with us and stuff but Elsa didn't really resonate with me like Jasmine is resonating and I don't know why that is it could be just because I'm biased but I I really enjoy what we have here and I think she's gonna surprise us some more okay so, well I'm yeah. really coming to the conclusion <laughs> that it's time to rate the episode <laughs> so we'll go in, in reverse order <laughs> and uh Brittany you can come first Alright, um, so I, I give this episode uh, a 9 out of 10. 9 apples out of 10. It was almost perfect, but um, I think what makes me score so high is the fact that there was no rumbell crap in here. Like, there was nothing in me that made me roll my eyes, except Zelina, and that's why it's a little bit like, eh, but everything else was just so on point. I mean, how can you say this episode was bad? Like, I don't, I, I, I don't agree with any of you that they give it less than a Ooh, nine. Those um, are fighting words. But yeah, I just, I just loved, I loved everything. And what could have made this like a golden or whatever was Captain oh Swan scene, romancing, um, you know, that, that would have made it perfect. But so far they, they gave us the Aladdin backstory and I was not disappointed. And Evil Queen being Evil Queen, like all good, nine out of ten. Okay. So, I'm going to rate the episode a 9.5 out of 10. I feel like it was near perfection. Wow. I thought it was a wonderful episode. Wait, yes, the point system is allowed. That, that feels like cheating. It's always been there. Where Aww. have you been? In Agrabah, apparently. In an, in stuck Agrabah. in an hourglass. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Oh, oh my. But yeah, I'm going to give it a 9.5. It, it wasn't at full-on 10, but it was almost there. I loved the flashbacks. I loved everything that was going on in the present day. A lot of great character moments, which, uh, as I mentioned earlier, were kind of lacking during the half-season, half-villain uh, arc things. So uh, I just thought it was a really good episode. I think this season has been pretty strong as a whole. So, all right, so we have a nine from Brittany, a nine and a half from me. Uh, Priscilla, how would you rate this episode? One to ten golden apples. And of course, we still have the uh, the golden apple out there. One to ten apples and the golden apple, if you feel it was uh, perfection. Damn you, Brittany. Like... I had thought like it was lower at the very beginning of this episode, but the more I talk about it with you guys, especially Brittany, like kind of like rooting like for this episode hardcore, it made me feel happier about it. So I'm gonna give it nine apples. Like this was wow. a really good episode. Like I didn't find myself looking at my phone. I didn't find myself thinking about other things at the time. I was just appreciating the episode for what it was which is great so nine i am not the russian judge this time we are both the lowest Brittany. i like it <laughs> katie are you feeling russiany or are you feeling juicy yeah <laughs> 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 I, I love that there was like a slight delay to the juicy Ooh. <laughs> I was gonna say it, and then I was like, "Oh, we need to we need to have Katie do a juicy ooh at some point." I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to give it. I've been trying to think which one I want to do, and I didn't realize that we could do. Hats. Katie, where have you been? Have you and Priscilla so, been on the same planet together? I think we have. I love it. Not working apparently. <laughs> um, I, so I am going to give it a nine. Ooh, you joined me. One of us. One of me. Perfect. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't think it was perfect just because, you know, there's little things in there that, like Zelina and Regina, which I did like their scenes because I think that it, it was funny, especially the whole Jiminy, like making Jiminy watch a baby and stuff. Um, but um, otherwise, it was so good. The flashbacks were amazing. Um, Jasmine and Aladdin were awesome. The Henry and Emma scene was so great. The storybook scene was great. We got a lot of plot movement. Um, it was just, it was very well done. And the CGI was even pretty great this episode. So, yeah, I definitely give it a 9.5 out of 10 apples. I like it. Uh... Awesome. The two sets of twins in this episode. I approve. Good stuff. <laughs> well, on that note, Katie, you got some juicy scoop for us? Juicy, yes. woo! <laughs> oh my God. Is that what we have to do? Yes, it's now a thing. Juicy? It is the new meme <laughs> of the show. That means, oh that means Priscilla's going to be doing it a lot because she's going to call them juicy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well katie speaking of juicy i know you got some juicy spoilers yeah. for us Woo! so take it away katie 
It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into the spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So you can check out our official, our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. And you can visit my site at storybrookemirror.tumblr.com. Always post all of the latest spoilers, images, press releases, promos, whatever comes out. So if you're interested in seeing that, you definitely want to make sure that you're there. Um, so not much came out this week, um, but that's okay. We did get a title spoiler, which is exciting. So this is for the 11th episode, which we assume is the one after whatever sort of break we're having. Um, and it is titled Tougher Than the Rest. And it was written by Adam and Eddie. So, uh, just to catch you up, they wrote the 10th episode and the 11th episode back-to-back. So, um, it's got to be kind of like, if this was a, if they were still keeping in tune with the two arcs per season, this would be kind of like the end of one arc, the beginning of another. So, I'm guessing that's why they're writing both of those episodes, just because it's the last one before the break and then the first one after the break. So, I always enjoy their episodes, so I'm kind of excited to see what these ones will bring. Um, They have started filming for the 10th episode, which is titled Wish You Were Here, by the way. Um, And the guy who plays Morpheus actually got a, like, a family selfie type thing with Belle and Gold in the... Uh, for that episode, so I'm assuming for sure Bell and Gold film for that episode, and then Morpheus must film at some point since he was on set. Um, also, Zelina and Regina film in Emma's Ooh. house. So that's yeah. So that's all we have for for filming that we know of so far. Actually, you know what? I just remembered. Um, there was some filming done a couple of days ago, and it's kind of interesting. It is, I believe, The Evil Queen in the Cemetery by her vault. And it's all of the dwarves. And if I'm hearing things correctly, which I am not sure, but I believe it's correct, Stealthy was there too. Hmm. Which is really interesting. So, I mean, I I have to double check that, but that is what I heard. So, that's really interesting. I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, there, but I guess we'll find out. But they they are currently following for the 10th episode. Um, also, a little bit of news. The Sheriff of Nottingham is coming back. And we believe that he is going to be back for the 10th episode as well. So, people are wondering if that is going to be a Robin backstory episode. Um, which is why the Sheriff will be back. So, I guess we'll find That's out. That's going to be weird to have a backstory sure. of someone who's dead. I know. Maybe we'll finally get the backstory of his tattoo that people have been asking about forever. And they keep saying we'll get to it, and they never did. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. I guess we'll find out. Um, but that is it, actually, for spoilers. Um, but we do have the press release for the next episode, which is titled Dark Waters, and it was written by Andrew Chambliss and Bridget Hales. So, this is what it reads. Emma tries to convince Aladdin to work with Jasmine to help Agrabah, while Regina teams up with Snow and David to free Archie from Zelina. 
The evil queen sows suspicion between Henry and Hook, even as Mr. Gold reminds her of his most important lesson. Meanwhile, in the past, Hook finds himself kidnapped by the mysterious Captain Nemo and held captive inside his legendary submarine. Also, promotional stills are out, and you definitely want to check those out if you're attracted to Hook at all. Because <laughs> he's very, very attractive in several of those stills. <laughs> so definitely check those out if you're interested in that. Um... But yeah, that's the press the release is, for when next. Is he nev- when is he not? I know. Attracting? I know. Okay, this is true. But he's like, he's he's, yeah, he's just really attractive. He's soaking wet, and he's on a submarine, and he just looks very, very attractive in this episode. So I'm really excited. Bring it on. <laughs> um. Otherwise, besides for spoilers, we do have ratings that came out today. And they got a 1.0 in the demographics and 3.53 million viewers, which is tying a series low, I believe. But it was still ABC's number one scripted drama on Sunday night. So hopefully we get more ratings next week. We shall see. But we're crossing our fingers. Yeah, ratings overall have been really really low for like everything it's so true i've been checking them out on just like random different different shows and they're just so bad i don't know what it is but they've been so bad yeah i don't know what it is either i think they really need to figure out a different way to uh Mm -hmm. like count ratings and stuff because it's it's like bad because it's only for those out there that are listening the only way that your ratings are counting is if you are a Nielsen family, unless you do mm-hmm. like Hulu or, or maybe go on the ABC.com website and watch. If you aren't a Nielsen family, then your ratings don't count, technically. Yeah, unfortunately. Which sucks. So, yeah, yeah they need to figure something out. They do. Like, it's just such an outdated system, and it's just, it's clearly not working anymore. And I thought I heard last year that they were, they were somehow going to be including more people, and it was supposed to, you know, have a big impact, and it's actually been worse, so... Yeah, ratings for everything is down, even new shows that are debuting, yeah. the ratings haven't been fantastic, and obviously established shows, once they get into five plus seasons i mean their ratings are going to dip every season anyway but it's mm-hmm. it's like really bad like unless you are the big bang theory or empire on broadcast television you are doing horribly which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because people watch tv so they might not be watching live but there's got to be some way to count for everyone and nowadays we have smart tvs that have apps built into the tv there's got to be some way nielsen can like create an app which i mean obviously there's a whole question of privacy issues and whatnot but if you're wanting to be a part of it then you know you sign the waiver you put the little checkbox i agree and you know they can count your whatever your viewing habits that way because it's mm-hmm. it's just it really doesn't make any sense like exactly. i can't believe that everybody's just watching the big band theory like, i know really? that makes no sense at all 
<laughs> no offense to fans of the Big Bang Theory, but like really, like you can't be the only popular show on television. That makes no sense. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so that's my rant on ratings. But uh, but everyone, just you know, hold your head up high. You know, just I, one of the things that you should look at with ratings is you know trying to make sure that there isn't that huge of a drop throughout the entire season because that's sort of what counts if everything sort of stays in the same bubble then things should be okay if there are massive drops then that's when you should be a bit worried so there's that mm-hmm, exactly All right, now, so join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy thanks announcer co-hosts please wish listeners a good night good night guys good night good night everybody Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.